0: welcome back everyone to 101 questions that church planters ask i'm your host danny parmalee and today we're answering a listener submitted question should i just go ahead and get a therapist now i have zero context of the question but it's actually a really a good one and uh, to help us answer that question i'm super excited about our guest today his name is rick egbert and uh, the reason it's so awesome to have him on Not only his knowledge uh, in this area, but Rick was a coach and mentor of mine when I was a church planter and some of the advice and counsel that he gave me as a young church planter really uh, completely changed uh, really some of the outcome stuff of what was going on at Epico. So I I tell him this all the time. He probably thinks I just say it to everybody, but I am super indebted. The church was super indebted to uh, him pouring in. So Rick, thank you so much for being with us here today. Mm -hmm. man it's my pleasure to be here Danny and man you know I love
1: pastors and I'm stoked to be here I think that uh, mental health is is such a huge issue and I'm glad to be able to be here and help out
0: awesome all right a little background because I think this is fascinating about you I want to hear your three major job changes so in other words going (laughs) back to discover into executive Uh, pastor of a mega church, and then now into what you do now. And the reason why that's so important is not just, you know, to, to brag about your amazing past, but to show why, when you're speaking to these issues that you have kind of this ability to kind of understand what people are going through.
1: Yeah. So briefly, um, I'm 114 years old, (laughs) right? (laughs) Exactly. so, uh, So I've had three very different careers. And so, um, I spent the first 21 years of my adulthood. In uh, working in the corporate world, I was in IT and worked in many um, big companies, including Discover Card was the last one. Uh, and then I, I came to faith late in life. I was 38 when I first came to faith. And within a few years, I transitioned from the marketplace into, uh, into full-time ministry and uh, took a job at the chapel, which is in the northwest side of Chicago, multi-site church and uh, worked in that capacity for 15 years. And during that time, especially, you know, God put this call in my heart that, and I'll talk a little bit more about this when we talk about some of the differences here, God placed on my heart that I, there were certain people that I just couldn't help as much as I wanted to. And so God really focused my ministry in on the third career, which is, which is licensed counseling, therapeutic counseling. And so, uh, went through it's about a ten year journey of uh, of managing that transition, and I'm now a uh, licensed uh, clinical professional counselor in the state of Illinois.
0: That is just great, and I I do remember uh, we were still in a coaching relationship at the time. You said, "Hey, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change careers," and I thought, you know, maybe you were drinking heavily. Maybe <laughs> you were the one that needed a therapist at that time. Um, so all right, so let's dive into this uh, a little bit. Um, And and part of this, you know, it speaks directly to that question. I I think of like when a church planter moves to uh, town, they, you know, they find a new uh, primary care physician, Um, but that doesn't usually happen with counselors. Is there such a thing where you just go like, you don't need one at the moment, but that it is wise to say, all right, well, this is my new setting, a new place. Um, I'm just going to get one when I don't need one. So I don't, I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in doing that. And I think for a couple of different reasons, right? The, the first is for is for personal reasons, right? So for yourself as a pastor, I mean, I, I, having been a pastor, I was not a lead pastor. I was an executive pastor. So I was kind of second seat for most of that time. But I mean, let's be honest, like stress on pastors it, it's always been enormous. I don't think it's ever been as heavy as it is today. The expectations that people put on their pastors and that, that we as pastors put on ourselves, I, I think at times they can just be crushing, right? And so there's this sense of everywhere we, we go, we're expected to be on, right? So we we gotta be ready to give like stellar catalytic leadership unending compassion to whoever needs it right ready at a moment's notice any time of the day and night to go to the hospital or be with whoever or listen to the person whose wife just said they're going to leave them be an inspiring teacher and preacher Mm -hmm. be able to give spirit anointed prayer at any time right no matter what's going on in our own life words of encouragement i mean it's just it's it's a staggering amount like to be the ceo the theologian the you know he (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it's across the board. It's just a staggering amount of expectations that we place on ourselves and that that others place on us. So I think for for us and being able to manage some of those various stresses ourselves, I think is important. But there's also, when you go into a new area, you're absolutely going to have people in your congregation that are going to need help. So I recommend to pastors to begin creating like your resource referral list. As yeah. soon as possible, and the best Good. way to do that is to actually get on the phone and start talking to them, right? Meet with them, right? Uh, most of them will be more than happy to take you out for a free lunch, right? <laughs> and we know as pastors we love a free lunch, yeah, right, of course. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reason for people when they go to a new town for pastors to find somebody real,
0: real quick. That's great. I love that. It's And too, like you said, there's kind of a two-hit thing there where you can even say, hey, I'm trying to build my referral list. And there might be some great people that you meet that, um, you know, that way you're able to say, hey, yeah, I I talked to this, you know, counselor and, you know, give give them a shot. Or here's the three that I would at least start to recommend as you have to uh, kind of um, point other people in your congregation Mm -hmm. who need help with that. So this is kind of a two-part question. uh, Besides just, maybe um you know doing a a phone book or an internet search and building that list how do you find a good counselor maybe what are some of the different you know questions that you might ask and then the other thing is is if you can speak to a little bit of the difference between you know licensed certified biblical counseling spiritual direction and i don't even know what i would call you now like are you a Psychologist? Are you a therapist? Are you a counselor? A doctor? I mean, I don't know what <laughs> words I would call myself. Maybe a like guru or sage or whatever. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I'm being silly, right? <laughs> uh, no,
1: I'm a I'm a counselor. I'm a therapist. So so <laughs> the words let, let's let's go through that real quick. Like right, and, and will we'll kind of knock that one out in quick order. So therapist and clinician. Uh, so therapist, counselor. The states. Uh, licensing is handled by the states. So those positions are now licensed in every state in the nation, including Tennessee, where you are, Illinois, where I am, Wisconsin, uh, you know, so all the states, they all dictate that licensing and counseling is now something that must be done by a professional. They have to have a certain level of training, they have to pass certain board exams, and then they have to be licensed by the state.
0: Okay. And it might, it might be a little bit different from state to state, but essentially I can't just go online and say, you know what, I'm, I'm a pastor. I have some good advice. I want to, I want to be a counselor. So I can't use that, that term and set up my own practice. Yeah.
1: The the one thing I would say is, is one of the things you didn't list in your list was a life coach. Right. So here's what I'm going to tell you about life coaches. They can be awesome and there is no regulation, professional regulation of them okay. whatsoever. So I know people who literally have said, dang, I'm pretty wise. Let me go and take this eight hour course and then and then bill myself on Facebook as being as being a, you know, right. as being trained, a, a life coach, trained, a trained, yeah, trained life coach certified. Right. So cert- right. all certified means is that somebody <laughs> gave you a piece of paper to say that you're certified. It means right. nothing. Right, and I'm not saying it means nothing, but it it doesn't give you the same yeah. the same uh, kind of assurances as a professional license does.
0: Okay, that's good. And for some reason, I'm thinking of Tommy Boy right now. I believe there's a like line that. in there where where he says you can certify a lump of crap or something like that. So that's pretty good. <laughs> certification doesn't mean anything. So licensed counselor, that's kind of thing. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk briefly
1: about, and then I'm going to get to the criteria thing real quick, like, right. Yeah. So the term biblical counseling, and I might step on some toes here, right? So biblical counseling is not what most people, most pastors think about when they think about biblical counseling. So if I'm counseling somebody who is having some marital issues, okay, well, I go back to, I go back to the book of Genesis, right? And I talk about God's design for marriage, and I talk about husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, and I give all that stuff, right? And I can work through a certain amount of stuff. That's counseling using scripture. Mm -hmm. There is a term that started like back in the 60s that's literally called biblical counseling with a capital B and a capital C. It means something very different. It is a whole school of thought that says that the kind of counseling that is both science and faith-based, integrated together, that I do, is wrong. Okay, and so there's a whole, you know, school of, of that, and I respect those folks. I know we're going to be in heaven with them, but I think they're wrong, right? And <laughs> so, uh, and so, uh, yeah. The so, in terms of to answer the first question, which is like, what do you look for, right? How do you find people? So, so two different things. One is the pools that you fish in. So the most effective pool to fish in is word of mouth. Right. So you start, you know, put out on Facebook in an area like, hey, recommendations for a good Christian therapist, right? You want to stick with a Christian therapists. However, there are Christian therapists and then there are therapists who are Christian. So what I mean by that is that there are some people who you would go to them in their in your practice and you would they might be Christians but you, you'd be hard-pressed to gather enough evidence in their actual work to say it influences the work that they do, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's a difference between that and being a spirit-led Christian counselor, right? So so word of mouth is a first pool to, to dig into. Uh, whatever insurance pool you're on, right, that, that your insurance mm-hmm. cover, like go on to the providers. Most of them provide search, like you can put in search arguments for Christian, right, and just start going down those. Start looking at their web pages, right? Do you start, do you see like, does it resonate with your heart? Start picking out some people. So then when you meet with them and they're willing to come, like, hey, can I buy you, can I buy <laughs> you lunch? Like, trust me when I'm saying like therapists are more than happy. Usually they have to be on the side of knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. So, and in terms of what are you looking for with them, right? So you're looking for faith, obviously. And faith that aligns with with your faith, with your church's doctrine, right? And and you can ask all those questions. Like a a good a good Christian counselor shouldn't like shouldn't be freaked out by that. And they should be able to give yeah. you answers to defend yeah. where they're at. Right. Um, so uh second is experience. Like, do you have experience? Like what experience it isn't like, are you experienced enough? But what areas do you have experience in? Mm-hmm. so because of my life i i have experience of working with pastors and uh, and with families that are adoptive families that foster family you know, so i i have that's mapped upon kind of where i've worked and where god's led me what paths he's led me on. and then the the final one is fit and this is just one like you're sitting with this person over 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 lunch right and you're like hmm, what i hand off what i hand off somebody i care to this person yeah like would i let my would i let my wife would i have my sister go to this person right mm-hmm. you know yeah. and if you have any catch in your spirit about that
0: ixnay you're just like yeah. hey thanks for lunch you know right and then you you move on from there that's very good now i know we could probably do a whole episode on it i don't want to but i i just want to um, kind of repeat back to you because I think you you hit something important. So the difference between biblical counseling and being a counselor that is a Christian biblical counseling, that capital B, capital C is a different process. It is not using the right. kind of therapy uh, type of thing. So it is not saying, well, I don't do biblical counseling does not mean that you don't believe in the Bible and that you're not going to steer people get, in no. a biblical way. No, it just no. means that the, capital B capital C is here's kind of the way that it's done all you, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize it by saying, but Hey, this is your answer is going to be found right here. We don't need to use any of the other healing principles over time.
1: And the basic, yeah, it's huge. And the basic principle is just everything that's mental health mentally health, you know, wrong with you. It comes directly from sin. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and, and that any of the, any of the evidence-based scientific things that we've learned about brain science and all those kinds of things, none of that, none of that matters.
0: Right. And so, yeah. yeah. Right. So that's the nice thing about a podcast. We're allowed to have opinions and stuff that's like right. that on and on if there. Has so,
1: questions about that, can definitely yeah.
0: like email Danny Parmalee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. So this is really good. So we kind of, um, Uh, We'll we'll go back to even that analogy of finding a doctor or, uh, uh, yeah, when you find a doctor when you first move into town, is there a type of thing where a pastor can just do a yearly checkup or something like that? Like, I'm just going to put it on the calendar. There's nothing wrong. Or would a counselor go, what are you doing in my office? Like, I have people that I need to see. That would be like someone coming into the emergency room and saying, um, you know, Hey, yeah, just check my pulse, you know, check, check my temperature, see if I'm doing okay. Or our counselors like, no, that's a really good thing. Just do a once a year checkup. And, and who knows, maybe some things will get discovered during that time. And we, you know, schedule some more stuff.
1: Yeah. And, and it's a great question. And I liken it to, you know, you wouldn't go to an emergency room for your annual checkup. You would go to your doctor, your primary care physician, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily, they're, they're assessing your overall wellness. And so there's an element there of, you know, uh, the same can be definitely true with a counselor of being able to, to go through it, you know, yeah. despite the fact that, you know, people think that counselors want everybody to be crazy so that we <laughs> always have clients, right? Um, we actually really care about people. And we'd much rather keep, just like doctors, we'd much rather keep people mentally healthy. Yeah right if i keep you like you know if you're my client and i'm keeping you mentally healthy you're you're going to have far more like not only are you going to be healthier you're going to have far more referrals for me you're like hey the guy that helps me stay healthy is this mm-hmm. guy over here and so yeah. i think he can help you not only get healthy but stay healthy so it's just overall we want to raise the overall water level so preventative health is important for our body it's also important for our our our, our soul our spirit our mind
0: you know that's great. i I love too, when pastors are able to even say that from the pulpit um and to be able to even just throw in little things like, yes, I was meeting with my counselor. I do my, you know, I do my checkup or or just to mention those types of things to almost destigmatize, so to speak, this idea of, of going. So, all right. Uh, what are some of the signs? I know that pastors are very good at just kind of putting their head down and pushing forward. And sometimes they're not even aware because they're not taking time to yeah. even evaluate. But are there some things where um, maybe there's some signs, hey, you know what, it's time to be proactive. And this is more than just a checkup. You need to kind of see someone.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. I think that uh, there are a lot of, there are a lot of signs um, that, that we want to look at, I, I guess I would, I would bucket them a little bit is, you know, w- when you're feeling overstressed and that can be an easy place, right. But I'm not talking about overstress once, like here we are, you know, uh, right for the holidays. And there's a sense of like, you know, uh, okay, this is a crazy time to be a pastor yep. <laughs> and there's a pandemic. And there, you know, all, all those things. And so, uh, of course, there's gonna be some stress, but we're talking about prolonged stress, right? Uh, where somebody's experiencing significant signs of depression or or anxiety. Let me talk very briefly about that. So if you're experiencing either a, a lot of sadness, kind of most days, right, uh, worry that's hard to control, um, a big one is this thing called anhedonia, which is just another really fancy schmancy name, which we, you know, counselors have to have. That's why we get a license, right? So we can have fancy words. <laughs> anhedonia basically just means that we, we just, we kind of numb out. We, we, like, we lose interest in things we used to have interest in, in, and we don't get pleasure out of things we used to get pleasure out of. We can start having signs of, of insomnia, difficulty concentrating, appetite change, uh you know e- even even you know thoughts of hurting ourselves right there can be irritability that becomes really uh, you know these types of things all those signs of depression and anxiety if you have a day or two like we all have moments right we all have days where we're like wow it's a bad day i feel like crap but it's a different thing when weeks that that's going on kind of week after week or one of the signs is if we find ourselves caught in compulsive and sinful behavior mm-hmm. Right, if we're finding ourselves, you know, involved in porn, involved in other kind of, you know, uh, I mean, you know, pastors, we're all human too, right? We can become addicted to prescription drugs, just like anybody, right? Yeah. To porn, to any of the other number of things that you know people can become uh, involved in, and so those are those are all signs. The last one I just mentioned is isolation. Hmm. That's a big thing for pastors is hmm. this sense of being isolated. Here they are in a sea full of people, but they're alone. Nobody has that perch that they do and all the expectations that come with it. So those are all signs that I would say if you're experiencing those and it's going on for more than just a few days at a time, you probably want to consider talking to somebody.
0: That's great. Okay. Here's kind of the the final question. And you 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 mentioned it a little bit already, but I'm wondering if you are seeing any just kind of patterns in pastoral kind of mental health, these things that maybe the rest of us, you know, we're not seeing. And maybe there's even a listener that's like, man, I feel like the oddball here, but that you're just seeing overall, yes, pandemic stuff. But I mean, even, you know, before that uh, type of thing that you're seeing. So,
1: yeah, I think the biggest thing, uh, I think the biggest thing that I'm, I'm seeing is, is uh pastor burnout. I have a number of pastors um, as clients, and I, I see a lot of burnout. And so you can think of burnout as, as, as manifests itself, and I'll go through this real quick, like manifests itself in four different ways. These might be other signs that are that are there. The first is alienation from our, our work-related activities, right, and that might look like a, a ton of stress, a lot of frustration, cynicism, right? When you stop when you find, when you find yourself saying, um, instead of saying, oh, I've got an appointment with Joe at four o'clock, you find yourself saying, oh yeah, I've got that four o'clock. Right. Kind of dehumanizes it a little bit. Right. Um, when we find ourselves distancing ourselves and numbing out, right. All of that being alienation from kind of work related activities. Second is when we have physical symptoms of burnout, like headaches and stomach problems, uh, digestive issues seems like there's so many pastors I know who have IBS who have developed IBS. Right, it's like it almost feels like a pandemic of its of itself wow. uh, for pastors. Um, emotional exhaustion is a big sign of, of burnout. That's the one we normally uh, normally associate, you know, uh, with burnout. Is we're just drained all the time. We have an inability to cope with things. Our resilience goes down. Where where we're doing really well, we can like leap over. A building in a single bound, right? But when we're burned out, it's like we trip over gravel, right? It's a really, really different thing. Uh, and extreme fatigue. And then the the fourth thing that's a sign of burnout is uh reduced performance. And so we start to see in our job it's like things start to things start to fall away, more and more things fall through the crack as we get cynical and burned out. And so uh and and you know just to kind of round this out there there are a number of risk factors i'm going to roll through these river real quick like mm-hmm. um that make somebody more susceptible to burnout and so unreasonable time pressures i know we don't have any of these as pastors luckily <laughs> you we know, don't suffer yeah. from any of that right um a lack of communication and support from above so if you have, a, if you have a, a board or the denominational support, is which, of course, is not the case for your church planters, Danny, because right? they have you, and I know you, and I'm, I'm teasing you, but I, I, I know you, and I know that. But even with uh, fellow workers or if there are, you know, board of elders or deacons or whatever the, you know, that stuff, lack of role clarity. Little is as burnout producing as role ambiguity. If we are unclear about what our role is, it would be really, really bad. Um, uh, unmanageable workload again as pastors it seems like that's the world we we kind of live in uh, relationships in our life that are are below average we're poor marriage mm-hmm. kids co-workers etc uh, poor spiritual well-being like lack of well-being on the spiritual side like we can only give away what we have right, right. If, if we're dry and empty that we're trying to give out of out of that. And then finally, just the the day-to-day tasks. When our day-to-day tasks don't fit our calling or our gifting, it's a huge risk for burnout.
0: Yeah. So I don't yeah.
1: know that 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 helps a bit.
0: Perfect. No, that's, that's really great. And Rick, I just want to say thank you again, uh, not just for being on the podcast, but honestly, for what you do, I I know that you are just a huge resource uh, to pastors and to lots of people uh, that way. And I want to thank you listeners, of course, for listening. And uh, if you have any questions, you can submit them at churchplantersask.com. And until next time, keep asking those questions.